And I got this girl back home I call my wife If you ever met her I swear she would change your life She's got a little wild streak in her heart She's been saying hallelujah every day Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 89 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here, and it is great to be alongside the good counselor, Chisholm Cook. Uh, yeah, you don't look like you're feeling your best today, buddy. Uh, f- physically, I feel uh, a lot better than I have over the last three days, mm-hmm. uh, spiritually and mentally. Spiritually, I guess I'm fine. Mentally, uh, yeah, I'm a little taxed. But uh, I have to admit that the mockery of the Omicron R2D2 BA5 Niner variant <clears throat> that I exhibited on last week's call was probably <laughs> premature because uh, it gave me a nice thorough workover uh, for the next uh, two to three days af- thereafter. But I'm on the backside of that now, thankfully. Uh, Friday, so we recorded on a Thursday. On Friday, I woke up and walked across the house to get my coffee going. And I was like, man, I'm really sore. Why do I feel so sore? I didn't work out or anything. What's going on? No, because if you worked out, that would be extreme right wing. We don't want you to do that. Yeah, don't want want you to be healthy. Right right wing. sensibilities i guess uh-huh. but yeah i just had this achy sore feeling and took a couple minutes of clearing my head before i was like oh these are viral aches the good news is unlike the aches that overwhelmed me on our podcast a year and a few weeks ago july of last year which were the beginning pangs of delta variant uh, this was not a lab engineered nerve pain central nervous attack feel like Mm. that was this was like your traditional like my joints are stiff and inflamed because my body's fighting off a virus um i never i never got to experience the thrills of delta i had the original then at some point like last january i had omicron because it was trade show season for the hunting industry it was like dallas safari club sci and you're traveling to you know these huge conventions and going to las vegas and all this other stuff and at some point i had it because my you know the antibody testing my family did which we've talked about my antibodies went through the roof again right Uh, but it didn't put me on my ass like you there it had more of like a cough and like i didn't feel good and it probably lasted like longer like a week i would say like residual like lung inflammation uh but it didn't put me on my ass like uh i guess it like you're saying it really did you in for a couple of days? Yeah. Um, I felt pretty bad over the weekend for sure. Um, you know, it was the weekend. So thankfully I was able to just lay out Would I have been functional if I absolutely had to be again, I, I wasn't as sick as Delta made me last July, but I was definitely sick. Well, is it any worse than like a, a bad cold? It's not as bad as the flu. No, influenza in law school was a lot worse than this was for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, gosh, 
15 years ago now so 16 or 17 years ago now so it's hard to recall like i just remember that having been the sickest i'd ever been till i got the delta yeah. um but i can tell you like it took almost a month for me to clear the crud out of my head and out of my lungs from that um this was like you know basically two and a half days i was suffering aches and a low-grade fever um, but then they turned off like a light switch like at 11 a.m on sunday ash had come in to check on me and i was like just like in a fetal position you know i mean i don't know i was feeling bad i was everything hurt and yeah just felt run down and puny and and i took three ibuprofen which i almost never take more than the dose right but that day i was like one extra ibuprofen i, I thought so that I'm was not, the dose I'm not gonna kill me <laughs> <laughs> and um that's the only dose i ever take yeah like i said i, I try i usually don't only in extended extreme circumstances but kind of took like a halfway nap and then about noon i got up and i was i walked into the bathroom for something and like it took a few minutes and i was like oh wow i don't i don't hurt anymore mm. i feel a lot better and i had like energy back and so i told ash i was like my aches are gone i don't know if it's the three ibuprofen i took or they're actually gone i'm hoping they're actually gone you know and a couple hours later i still felt good i actually lifted some weights sunday afternoon did a nice mm -hmm. little couple circuits uh, felt great other than you know a little bit of congestion and the cough hasn't been that bad I, like right now i have a little bit of crud in my chest that every now and then i'll cough but it hadn't been that like the last few times i've been sick i'll go to bed at about you know or about 8 8 p.m all of a sudden this coughing fiddle hit that'll last until i fall asleep right i haven't had any of that but anyway woke i up know yesterday. you feel bad for mocking this this thing but at the end of the day it still didn't kill you it didn't put no, you in I, it, you're it a healthy is, person it is absolutely a viral cold it hasn't changed our thoughts on whether no, or not no. the world needs what? to come to an end because omicron's going around i mean at its worst, it was a viral cold. It was the same as any cold, other than the one sort of telltale, I guess, COVID sign that it did maintain. And Charlotte, my 11-year-old, had the same, was it started Sunday night after the body aches and everything and the fever had gone away and I was feeling way better. I got this burning in my left sinus cavity and my left eye. Mm. And it was weird because it like wrapped around to the back of my ear. And that like the sounds base. like a laboratory thing. Right. That was the lab engineered part. But you never lost your sense of smell this time. Well, it's not. It's not 100 percent. That's for sure. It's um, it's weak. That's why I do think this is 100 percent engineered in the lab, because like I've told you, certain things like my smells all the way back, but certain things don't smell like they did like certain beers should have a real skunky flavor like a Corona or a Heineken. Mm, doesn't really do that for me anymore. So taste and smell was altered by chemicals, I believe. Where'd you go? Yeah, your audio situation is dog crap now. How's that? Better, yeah, you're back. Okay. Yeah, darn USB cord. Now it's the, the USB connection to the computer that it's having the problems. Uh, anyway, yeah, the you know the thing is the nerve pain that I described from Delta and the the obvious shutdown of your of your of your ability to smell. That's a nerve thing too, right? Those are nerve receptors, nerve endings. 
your, your olfactory receptors, right? It's a attack on your nervous system for both of those things. Thankfully, it seems to have evolved its way out of one of those and kind of weakened on the other one. Although, you know, I had read lots of different cold, like sinusitis and, and different cold things can cause uh, impairment to your sense of smell. Mm. What happened with Delta and to you with the, I guess, the OG wasn't just like an impairment. It was like you take a nap and everybody describes feeling chlorine in your nose and then you wake up and you can't smell anything. Right. Yeah. Um, that wasn't that, that to me, that's not like how a lot of times a cold will make it hard to smell stuff. Cause you know, your nose is stopped up. Right. But I do think this burning that I was having when I woke up in the middle of the night to take a leak last night, as I was getting back in bed, I took a drink of water and the water, it seemed like my sense of taste, taste was gone. And I tried to sniff like the, the sheets to see if I could smell the clean sheets or whatever. And I, it seemed like my nose was totally dead again. But then I woke up this morning and I could kind of smell the coffee. I can smell things. I don't have full. I'd say my smell seems to be like at 30, 40-ish percent, something like that. But, you know, if so, you would have gotten vaccinated, you know what would have happened? You'd have felt bad for three days. And then you would have celebrated how the vaccine saved your life. <laughs> yes. Bad for three days, just like I felt anyway. Right. Right. Oh, but except yeah. for you would have actually been more likely to get COVID if you were vaccinated. Ask your I president. Can, right. I can tell you that um, a whole bunch of us got it. And uh, among those who got it, um, some of them have had at least three of those things. And they're uh, everybody as sick as I am. So mm -hmm. get your work. boosters. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm sorry that uh, the rest of the family is succumbing to it, but... Uh... Yeah, it's a real drag to keep bringing this thing home to my family. This is the world we live in, man. Yeah. Okay, just FYI for the listeners, keep in mind that uh, Chisholm and I are about to discuss the PACT Act, but literally hours after we recorded the conversation, a revised version of the bill was passed with uh, even Ted Cruz voting in favor of it. So... I'm not sure what all was cut out of the bill, but it was certainly altered from, uh, you know, the opposition where so many Republican senators flip-flopped on it. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, it did pass, which, I, you know, God bless our veterans. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the watered-down version actually was. Um, but that knowledge... Uh, wasn't at our fingertips when we recorded the conversation. So here we go. Pact Act. Uh, let's talk about the Pact Act because okay. this is something that, you know, you, you talk about veterans. I think this country has historically treated our veterans like crap publicly. Like people who, these people have gone and fought for their countries and they come home and people is like with Vietnam, treat them like crap. Uh, that, that, hasn't changed it's a minor percentage of the population that treats them like garbage but they do do it the government however has never really taken care of them the way that i believe they should have taken care of them um it's hard for them to sometimes get the health care that they need the va isn't always up to speed doesn't always offer the best care doesn't do it in a timely manner and people are struggling we know they have a very high suicide rate uh their mental health is something that uh, should have been there should have been more of an emphasis placed on i think now we realize that 
but they're still we're still losing them every day. They're killing they're killing themselves. Uh, the thing with this pack deck though, and I know a guy, my friend Frank, um, he runs the social media account Uncle Sam's Misguided Children. He served in Afghanistan and he is currently going undergoing chemotherapy for cancer caused by those burn pits. He needs to be taken care of. There's no doubt. Why did this bill not get passed after it, it, it passed overwhelmingly in the house? It was like um, 80% or higher uh, votes in favor. The Senate had the votes and then like 25 Republicans flip-flopped on it. So I don't know why they did that. I've done a little <laughs> bit of reading up on it and um, I'll listen to what Ted Cruz had to say. I've also listened to what uh, Tester had to say out of Montana. Everybody's claiming something different, but it looks like there was a bunch of extra funding in this thing. And the Republicans were like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. And they killed it. That's what I understand. Um, although I admit I haven't read the bill. I'm trying to look at it right now, and I have a feeling that what I'm looking at can't possibly be the whole thing. The um, words that I keep coming across are discretionary versus mandatory spending. And the right. mandatory spending is what you want uh, going towards the vets. Like, we have to spend this money on them. Right. But that was a very small percentage of the actual funding of the bill. Then the rest was like a blank check. That's right. what Ted Cruz says. Literally, say as, as I understand it, different. Like an unearmarked non-allocated blank check worth almost 400 billion dollars or over 400 billion dollars between now and like 2030 on and to your point it, the obviously the, the the terms discretionary versus mandatory mandatory 400 billion in mandatory spending unrelated to the matter at hand which was these servicemen and women exposed to you know this this toxic uh, these toxic burn pits. So we don't even know what they were going to spend it on. All that Ted is saying that we do know is they had to spend that money. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, I mean, I don't think that a dollar gets spent in DC anymore. That's not corrupt, but you're going to tell me that you're going to mandatory, make it mandatory that we spend $399 billion on unspecified items. And that's not going to get just being a boondoggle. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I tend to believe them because they do this type of thing all the time. I don't remember what it was earlier this year, maybe end of last year, where they did the same thing. The Democrats will will craft these bills that on their face are supposed to be about something that is bipartisan that nobody could argue. Right. Mm -hmm. But then they'll drop all these poison pills in. And in reality, the, the thing on the title, right, has is a is a drop in the bucket compared to all the other stuff they're trying to backdoor in. And then when the Republicans shut it down, they're in total collusion with the media. So all anybody gets told is, you know, by Jon Stewart, well, the media, you know, the Republicans screwed the veterans. Let me clarify first and foremost. You know, you talked about veterans, you know, we had those three Marines on. Mm -hmm. They told us about this on our show. Remember? Mm -hmm. They told us that when, you know, fresh recruits, 
you know, straight out of boot camp would show up in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, soldiers, Marines, etc. The first thing they would get assigned would be pit duty where they would take pitchforks down into these burn pits. They don't have landfills. They don't have any sort of trash system in these places. So the, all the trash, the base makes all of it just gets burned in these pits. Right. If you've ever seen household trash burning, it is black putrid. I mean, it's basically like if you were to, if you were to try to filter that black soot that comes off of burning trash, you'd end up with a line liner of plastic in the filter, right? Like it's bad stuff. You do not want to breathe that. So they would send the, the young boots into the pit, literally into it, right? Because they, uh, they told us it was like, what, half a football field or a whole football field they dug out. But, you know, you could get down in it and there was a nonstop, always burning fire going on. And those guys would have pitchforks down in there, like turning the fire over, keeping it smoldering. Right. And they would do that for eight hours a day until they got a new batch of straight out of boot camp kids. And then those guys would graduate up to the next, you know, yeah. the, sec- the second worst job on the base. All these people who are freaking out right now about this funding, don't get me wrong. We ought to be able to take care of this, right? We absolutely ought to be able to take care of this. These guys are being used as political pawns, um, presumably by both sides, because we didn't get it done for them in 2617 when we had the presidency and both houses, right? So it's really inexcusable. Yeah, but just and like it kind of makes me about, think, dude, even with all this pork in this bill, it's like maybe we should have just passed it anyway. What? Why the hell not? We're spending money on everything else, but then that that there was precedent of there was there was an article that there was a there was a meme I saw yesterday, and I haven't gone back to double check, but I'm based on the source I got it from. I'm assuming it's true. On March 22nd, the Hill, the news outlet, the Hill, had two headlines three hours apart on March 22nd. The first one said. Congress approves $40 billion in Ukraine aid. The next one, three hours later, Congress denies $48 billion uh, aid for restaurateurs and other small businesses affected by the COVID lockdowns. America last. Yeah. Well, and I talked about the episode of Rogan, right, where he had that guy Colin Noir on, and they were talking about, they were talking about hardening schools after Uvalde, right, and making investments into those schools right and they looked up how many roughly how many public schools are there in america and i don't mm-hmm. remember what the number was but colin had thrown out there that he had seen this one school that had made a four hundred thousand dollar investment into like automatic you know like security windows and all this stuff right well if you multiplied 400 grand times the number of public schools that they had googled up it came out to 50 billion and we can't fund that but we can routinely send 40 billion multiple times this year to Ukraine, right? This thing, I'm going to believe because they do it all the time that this thing was full of pork to the tune of close to 400 billion in mandatory spending that it would have nothing to do with these veterans. And, you know, therefore it's a, it's shameable that they would do that. But more importantly, why were we sending eight-year-old kids down into a pit with no PPE whatsoever to breathe toxic fumes for eight hours a day and not help them one bit with that? Eight, not eight-year-old kids. Did I say eight? Yeah. Eight, I meant to say 18. 18-year-old. Yeah, okay. 18-year-old eight, eight, right. kids. Like, give them a gas mask. 
we have the ability to, if that's the only way that can be done, that we have an open burn pit, right? And that somebody has to use a pitchfork to keep it burning. By God, give those kids some respirators. That would be so much less expensive than having to pay now decades, a decade plus later for their chemotherapy for all the damage that their lungs took. Nobody in this country can claim ignorance to the fact that they were putting those kids, those were basically death warrants they were signing when they put those kids down in that pit to breathe that crap, which our Marine buddies that we had on told us they gave them nothing. You've burned plastic before. We all have, right? Sure. It smells and terrible. I you try, know when you breathe it in, it is bad for you. I do bad all I can to stay as far upwind of that crap as I can because one whiff of it with an air permitting and air quality background, I can tell you, I know my body's telling me, don't breathe that. That's right. bad. You've yeah. been there when four, here star, you are. when four star lights the burn pit at our ranch and it's always upwind of our cleaning station and I'm sitting there trying to clean a deer and he burns the trash. Yeah. I can't tell you how many fights we've had about that. Love you, Dad. Yeah. Uh, so no, but, yeah. my, my, but my my point is, dude, it would have been so much cheaper. The Department of Defense didn't give a damn about these kids over the last twenty years when they sent them into those pits to do that job. Mm-mm. Now everybody's making this big grandstanding effort when they supposedly maybe tried to cram three hundred and ninety nine billion dollars in additional mandatory spending, even if it was discretionary spending. You want to pass a bill for these vets? Pass a bill that's exclusive to that. But more importantly, take better care of them when they're serving us. Because everybody, everybody in the country would have known this isn't new science. We didn't just suddenly discover that breathing burning plastic is bad. That's why burning trash in city limits has been banned for decades. So let me ask you this. So what do we do now? Like, because this thing isn't going to happen, these vets need... They need the funding. So is it, would it have been worth it to pass, pass something with a bunch of uh, clearly alternative agenda spending included in it? Like, like giving them the blank check, but at the same time, taking care of these veterans. But like you said, I don't think that the amount earmarked actually to be spent on them was going to make that much of a difference. Like you're talking about this thing being almost $400 billion and i've read different reports from anywhere from 270 3 million of it up to damn near the whole thing being just pork right so i don't know i don't i don't know it it's well, certainly a weird thing so I'm, I'm i'm sitting here they definitely at- have that trump card you you hate our veterans republicans hate the veterans because you didn't pass it but at the same time well listen it looks like it's according to congress.gov the actual bill history it looks like it's bounced back and forth there's been 94 actions taken on this bill. Mm-hmm. 94 actions. It, it, it had just, already, it had, according to the summary, dude, it had already passed the Senate on June 16th. Yeah, it had so, the votes. Yeah, that means it was passed, right? So my, my assumption is it got changed multiple times along the way since being introduced last June, 2021. And then a mm. lot of this pork came up with this most recent set of revisions. That's literally the definition of a poison pill. They negotiated this thing. They hammered it out. 
it got passed, you know, either at the House level or even once it re once it was sent back over to the Senate, somebody stuck a bunch of spending into it. And the Senate Republicans balked and said, we're not going to pass it. That's not what this is supposed to be about. And then all these grandstanders jumped in line. But here's a bad look for the Republicans. There was there was a confrontation yesterday at the Capitol between this guy, Jack Posobiec, who himself was a special forces veteran and is now a media guy. Yeah. And John Stewart. John Stewart was the first, you know, left leaning media guy to come out, you know, dog cussing and mocking. John Stewart's only 59 years old. And watching that video, I could not help but think, God, he looks rough, man. He looks like he's he does look really he does not look good for a 59 year old. So so Stewart lost his mind, apparently flipped out on Posobic, but I guess Posobic kept his cool and talked him down. And I watched I was, the nine minutes of it. You did? Okay, well then you yeah. summarize it because all I saw I was the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, John Stewart kept calling him a troll and a liar. And the Posobic never lost his cool. He was just like, John, I just want to talk to you. The problem was is the mob got involved and they kept F bombing Posobic. And he was just trying to talk to John Stewart. He's like, John, do you even know my take on it? He's like, I'm for the bill. He's like, no, you're a troll. You're a troll. You're a liar. The Republicans are liars. Right. And, and of course, there's a bunch of veterans that are jumping on with Jon Stewart. And Posobiec kept this cool and just was like, dude, can we just have a conversation? But Jon Stewart couldn't, couldn't come to grips with that. He didn't want to hear what he had to say. He was so wound up about it. And to, to the guy's credit, he's been working on this for four years. Jon Stewart has, trying to get this thing passed. Um. Well, he must have gotten him to come around at some point because the one clip I saw, Posobiec and Stewart and then this other Marine Corps guy mm-hmm. all agreed they were going to, quote, work together. And Stewart was, like, clearly humbled, this, yeah, embarrassed by his behavior. End. Right. Yeah. So, so they, like, they like I guess they got it. I saw, like... It took nine well, minutes to get there, and the mob didn't, ha- didn't help. You know, they right. were just inciting, <laughs> just making things worse, but... Uh, and the cops got involved. Was like, can, told Pasobic, can you please stay on the sidewalk? And he's like, look, I'm just trying to have a conversation with this guy. These people, and he's pointing to the mob of people, keep interrupting us. And then they're all like, the mob's like, these people, you can't call us these people. These are veterans. You talk to us with respect. And he's like, I'm referring to you as just a general group of people. You know, did no disrespect meant by it. And it was just, it was an S show. Uh, one that was kind of tough to watch because. John Stewart wouldn't listen to anything he, he said. It took way too long for them to get to that reconciliation point, but at least they did. Um, but again, that's you know that that's so easy just to say you hate veterans and get all fired up about it, which nobody hates veterans. I, I think, like I said, I'm torn. Maybe they should have passed it anyway. We just spend so much money in this country on other BS with all these other bills that get passed that we have no idea where that money is going. Uh, it has, like you said, nothing to do with the title of the bill. I just would, you know, it seems like such a, an easy thing to rationalize. We should be taking care of our veterans. Priority. Should be, it shouldn't even be debatable. And yet here we are with these corrupt lifelong politicians. Don't give a damn about anything except their own brand, their own image. And they can't come to an agreement on a simple bill that would do right by our veterans uh it's very disheartening yeah it is um and, and also you know, no, no, matter, no matter said he thought maybe it was some 
like a little bit of retaliation because, and I don't know if this is true or not, because Manchin was flip-flopping on Biden's latest uh, budget, whatever crapola it is. I don't know if it's Build Back Better 8.0 or whatever it is, but like you said last time, you heard Manchin might have flip-flopped. That was the day that we were recording. Yep. So, Which he did. Yeah. Uh, on 400 billion for, uh, climate change. What? Oh, no, no. The title of the bill, the new, the newest, the new bill that they're about to vote on, if they can get cinema on board is, um, the, uh, inflation reduction act. They're going to spend 400 billion and they're going to raise everybody's taxes and that's going to reduce inflation. Which is a lie. Cause Biden said already when he ran that he wouldn't increase anyone's taxes that was making under $400,000 a year. Did you know that? Yeah. That's what he said. Ridiculous. Which I have here in the show notes, taxes going up. So that's part of this bill that we're referencing here. Um, let's move on. What is this guy's name? Guy Refit or is it Rafit? Is it French? I don't know. He got 87 months in jail as the uh, Jan 6 protesters are starting to go to trial. Now, this guy did have a gun and he did say he wanted to watch Pelosi and McConnell. So at least he was uh, bipartisan in that take, but he wanted to watch their heads roll all the way down the stairs. And yeah, he had, he, I guess he was recorded saying some pretty way out there stuff, right? But I guess he, right. But he got charged with aggravated attempted, attempted aggravated assault, but never I, even went inside the building. You have a illegal background. I do not like if you attempted to assault someone, wouldn't you actually have to assault them or like try to? more than just standing there and saying it. So I have no problem with him getting jail time, waving a gun around saying he's going to kill people, wants to watch their heads roll down the steps of the Capitol. But is that really aggravated assault? Man, I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked far enough into the details to know if he personally said, I am going to use this gun to do these things. Um, it sure sounds like a stretch. The man didn't even go into the Capitol building yet, got the longest sentence of anybody at seven years. Um, you know, uh, they didn't charge him to your point with making terroristic threats. They did label him a domestic terrorist. Right. But there's apparently a like, like sentencing, like adder that they, the prosecution tried to get like a tent terrorist up, up award or up, 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 up something, up something, mm. upgrade. Um, which the judge refused terrorist status. Right. The judge refused to apply. I, um, before we jumped on, I told you that I, I wasn't, uh, in a, in a totally great state at the moment, and yeah. this was definitely part of it. Um, I, I don't know enough to. It sounds like the guy was off of his rocker. Um, obviously he was one of the very few who showed up armed, um, to your point it does sound like maybe some sort of punishment was, was warranted based on the, the loose handle I have on the matter. I had never even heard about the guy until it came up yesterday. No, I mean, either. um, most of me says that what we're, you know why? Because I don't give people. a crap about, about it generally speaking. And I don't think most well, of the, and actually polls show that most of the American public doesn't give a crap about it either. But what we should give a crap about is that the Justice Department is being turned on 
on American citizens who disagree with the regime, you know, when, when you can commit arson in the name of, you know, BLM and Antifa and, Sack, and, and, and sack and government buildings completely and have no no charges whatsoever that's right no they did the same thing they sacked government fire, buildings when you can firebomb federal courthouses in portland um when you can go on the news on to cnn and say whoever said that a protest has to be peaceful um all but inciting violence uh, condoning it defending it um when you can do all of those things um but then you can't uh, express your frustration and disgust with an election, whether it was legit or otherwise. Um, you know, at the end of the day, from what I understand, it, it was words. All he's guilty of is words. Um, that is one-sided justice. Um, it is what we've talked about. It is the the powers that were unleashed through the Patriot Act to combat, quote, foreign terrorism being deployed against American citizens. And to be honest with you, dude, it just scares the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. uh, I've literally had the thought on multiple occasions today, should we keep doing this podcast? Um, we're obviously not saying anything half as outlandish as that guy apparently did. Um, but the the slope is slippery and you know the the sled is already sliding down it um there's gonna have to be one hell of a turnaround in the trajectory of the leadership of this country to stop you know i i just i think that we're we're not too far i, I feel like in our lifetime defending the second amendment uh, you know, part of the reason this guy's being demonized is he's a member of a militia. Again, the three percenters or whatever it was. I don't know what that militia has been up to. I don't know what they've claimed. I don't know what they've tried to do. Right. I don't know if there's any, if they're, if they're, you know, legitimate. I know there's some crazy ass people Here's in a, this country. I just don't really know. Crazy do, we ass have people. A, do we have a precedent of, of uh, charging people for saying they're going to do something? Do I, I don't I mean can you be charged with aggravated assault for saying you're gonna do it? I, I don't know if that's true. No, I mean that's the thing is you, you, you attempted aggravated assault, right? Yeah. Attempted means what it sounds like. I'm sure there's a test for it, a legal test for it. Um I'm not condoning what he did, and neither are you. Like I, I don't I don't know what he said. I know he was arrested at the Capitol with a gun. Which maybe makes him whatever one of the very said, few. Right. Maybe whatever he said and the circumstances under which he got arrested are sufficient to prove that, yeah, he had every intention of attempting an aggravated assault that day. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it did. I, I know I don't trust anything I've read about it on either side because, you know, and, and I got rid of this today, but I'm on, I was on Telegram following the Gateway Pundit. I've told you before. Half of everything that that guy posts, I have to dig it in. I, I dig into all of it because you can see the slant as soon as you see the headline, right? And then sure enough, you like dig into it and like bury it down in paragraph six, just like CNN would do to you. He's like, he did say some crazy stuff on the internet. And it's like, okay, well, what kind of crazy stuff? Just give me some more details, right? Yeah. Like, well, what'll be interesting is to see 
how the unarmed walkabouters how they're dealt with by the courts. Like if you're just walking well, one through of, the Capitol, one of them's already been completely um, exonerated, right? One of them, one of them was acquitted because the doors were opened to him. That was what a couple months back now. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. I think we. I did, about but it. another guy got like seventy something months already. Right. Um, I don't know if he was armed. Didn't didn't see, but I think that was the first one I saw that was like, wow, the guy had a multiple year jail sentence for essentially doing less than what people did in Seattle and Portland and just about every other major blue city. Um, I don't want to spend any more time on this if you don't want if you're okay with moving on though. Uh, wanna- yeah, I don't I don't want to talk about this anymore. I want to say one thing though. Um, what they're doing to those people is bad. I don't know if this particular guy uh deserved what he got or not but i know a lot of these people uh like i know for example somebody got arrested that wasn't even there yeah um, and that's um like i said the, the, the we've already detailed how the patriot act the the pandora's box that we unleashed in the name of global you know fighting against terrorism and and, and you know domestic security that we unleashed with dude there was a damn drone strike in Afghanistan yesterday. Remember just like how a year ago we decided we were done in Afghanistan and bailed out and left billions and billions and billions of dollars behind and left, you know, Afghanis who had supported our cause all that time to be raped and murdered by the Taliban. Remember just last year when we did all that? And then now we're drone striking people there again. Like mm-hmm. any American who doesn't. <laughs> I saw a funny meme though. It was like, uh, congratulations, Biden! You didn't kill uh, a a family of five this time. You actually hit your target. Um, yeah. None of that's okay. We've talked about we this before in the past. You've taken the notion, the idea that like, well, hey, they stopped lateral uh, damage. They, they stopped. They stopped terrorist attacks. I don't know if that's true. I don't know for sure that they've stopped the damn thing. It is. All I know is that if we're not willing to hold our own selves and our own criminal justice system to a certain standard as it pertains to foreigners, I don't know why we think that our government's going to hold our our criminal justice system to certain standards as it pertains to our citizens. And that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now. Um, let, me, let me touch back real quick on that on that pact act, and then we can go to the next thing you've got. Yeah. One of the most wasteful administrations in the government, as far as I've heard, is uh, the Department of the Veterans Health Administration, the VHA. Um, Lots of waste and abuse. The vets themselves get very little and many, many, many billions of dollars get spent on the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, It's a bureaucracy, just like every other bureaucracy in the federal government. Just because it happens to be the one that's supposed to support the veterans doesn't mean that it's well run and doesn't mean that it's not full of waste and abuse, right? In fact... Mm -hmm. The fact that most American citizens would pretty much be willing to turn a blind eye to the Department of Veterans Affairs, hoping that they're doing a good job, pretty much assures that it's one of the most abused. Would you agree with that notion? Right. I mean, billions are wasted and misappropriated and flat out freaking stolen by these people. So Title IX of that act, the PACT Act, Act, uh, Improvement of Workforce of Department of Veterans Affairs. All these different sections. This is that definitely... doesn't sound like that's going to the veterans at all. Exactly. 
waiver of pay limitation for certain employees of the Department of Veteran Affairs, Section 907, a limitation, elimination of limitations on awards and bonuses for employees of the Department of Veteran Affairs, Section 908, <laughs> additional authority of the Secretary of Veterans Affairs relating to recruitment and retention of personnel, Section 909, Section 905, expansion of opportunities for housekeeping aides, Section 904, modification of pay cap for certain employees of Veteran Health Administration, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sounds like they're going to just be making themselves a lot richer. Sounds like a whole bunch of money is going to the VHA instead of to identifying sick vets and to cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where some of that 400 billion alleged new mandatory spending is going. And maybe that's why Ted didn't want to spell it out. Because if he just said, well, a lot of this money is going to the VHA, people would be like, so what? But then you really have to peel back the onion and explain, well, the VHA is full of waste. And what we're saying now is we're not going to put limits on government bureaucrats pay and their bonuses. They're going to take away the caps on bonuses on their bonuses. These are not for profit entities. These are bureaucracies exclusively existing based on the federal budget that they're handed. And they're going to be have they're going to have no caps on bonuses. Mm. Mm -mm. employees of the department of i'm Harris. glad you read that stuff had some validity to uh the fact that there's a ton of wasteful yeah if anybody wants to know go to the damn bill read it all right you'll Chisels figure it out fired up but i'm gonna go ahead and play you this audio <laughs> uh because I, we're both huge herschel <sighs> walker fans and he could defeat the uh wolf in sheep's clothing in the pastor turned senator uh there's a good chance he could defeat warnock but this is Raphael warlock yeah uh this is um eli Meistall. he's a commentator for msnbc he's black by the way and here's what he has to say about herschel walker unintelligent who so clearly doesn't have independent thoughts but that's actually the reason walker's right. gonna do what he's told and that's what republicans like that's what republicans want from their negroes to do what they're told that's what republicans want from their negroes how racist is that they basically called herschel Walker. He, he he calls him basically an uncle tom like he's too stupid to think for himself he doesn't understand policy. He's he called him unintelligent because the guy loves America, probably likes him a little Jesus. Oh, and uh, he's physically fit, by the way, which we know is extremely right wing. Can't think for yourself if you're working out, dude. I, I I heard that and I can't believe that was aired on. Well, nothing surprises me anymore. But the fact that they get away with that kind of stuff. If a Republican said something that about, like that about the Democrats saying that's what they want from their Negroes, regardless of skin color, be crucified. Crucified. But they get away with it scot-free. I hope Herschel Walker this, wipes the floor we, with we that. We should title this one the double standard episode. Mm. That's mm -mm. just, I mean, left, front, right, left, and center. It, it, it's just, that's all it is. It's just double standards. That guy's a, a joke of a human being. Um, if you look at him, he looks like a joke of a human being. Um, he makes racist. it sound like he's, Republicans he's, are slave he's racist. He's <laughs> racist. And more importantly, he's doing what we've documented a mil million times now. He's projecting what the left does onto the right. Yeah. The left says, you're black. 
you have to think this way. And if you don't, you're an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. And you're he's black. Claiming, you vote Democrat. He's claiming the Republicans are doing that to Herschel Walker. No, you're doing that to Herschel Walker right now. You condescending, Bigot. two-faced, bigoted, uh, hip- hypocrite. That's what that guy is. How dare I- Herschel Walker have a mind of his own? I just pray to God that black men in Georgia see that and hear that and are grotesquely offended by it like everybody should be. How could they not be? Uh, I mean, who... It basically, with the words that he used, said he's a slave. They treat him like he's their slave. He's their Negro. He works for them. Slavery in 2022. It's terrible, dude. Oh, yeah, he gets away with it scot-free. Yep. Probably applauded for it by his party. Yep. That really pissed me off. Hope Partial wipes the floor with Antichrist character. Uh... John Kirby, who is the National Security Council spokesperson, Chisholm, he had something, uh, maybe a Freudian slip here, or maybe he meant to say it. Have you heard this? <laughs> Got to get that vid cough out of here. Here we go. We oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence, and we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. Okay, I hear that, and I don't know if that's a Freudian slip. Like, did he mean to say we don't support Taiwan independence, or do we really not support freedom all of a sudden because we're afraid of China? Where Where do you take that? Uh, I, I don't know what I don't know what our I don't know what our policy is, uh, and I certainly don't know what uh, it even means to say defending freedom. Um, I read earlier today. What earlier I just said that defending freedom. Yeah, you said, are we, I think you said something about, well, you know. Are historically, we, haven't we been on the side of the the national governments that aren't communist? Like, we've fought Vietnam there. For, we've mm-hmm. fought in Korea. Obviously, both world wars. Had a yeah, hell of a time with Cuba. Right. So, no, this, this is all certainly what we've been told over the years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, dude. But isn't it weird to come out and say we're siding with communism on this one? Like we don't, we've don't, we haven't had that precedent publicly. It's like, oh no, we're 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 siding with the the communists this time. That's what we. That's that's what he just said. Let's let's call a spade a spade. That's what he just said. We don't support Taiwanese freedom, meaning China. Taiwan's yours when you want it. Come and take them. That's not what we've been we've done historically. Certainly, I haven't condoned it or said that. I agree. But I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. That, is, is it weird that he said it the day before Pelosi was set to land in Taiwan, which she did today? Um, because they were saying, oh, we might shoot her plane down. That's they're, what- right. They're they being the White House and the, the speaker apparently are not on the same page. On this, uh, I think Biden said something like she shouldn't go or it's not a good idea or something. Um, I don't know what's going on, bro. Biden um, doesn't even know what he said. Let's be honest. I know. But presumably the guy you just played does. Um, I, I got nothing, dude. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I, like I said. We 
what I read earlier today was we have a long-standing, like, neutral position on it. We take neither side. Um, I don't know. Well, that's that, that was a pretty staunch opinion that he just laid down. We don't support Taiwanese. Well, it's people. weird because he was saying we expect them to mediate their border dispute themselves, but we don't support their independence. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. And yet we know that Chinese fighter planes are just kind of flying right into that border of Taiwan airspace. Right. Like, that's happening. They're doing lots of threats, making lots of threats. It just doesn't seem like a good thing, man. Um, I think I know we sort of at least touched on part of this the other day. Um, I don't remember if we put it in these terms, but you know, if you look back to World Wars One and Two, you know, historians have kind of pegged those to kind of specific moments, but in reality, they were like tensions. Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Tensions mm-hmm. and 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 feuds and individual sort of pressure pop-offs and actions in this place and that place, the Balkans and this and that. And the next thing you know, we were in a world war. It just feels like this is more of that. Um, so I recommend that everybody pray to Jesus and get right with the Lord. Cause it sure feels like this is, uh, I, I looked up the, um, Yes, everyone should pray more. Uh, yeah. But I did look up the populations of the Ukraine and Taiwan just to see, like, maybe there's only a couple million people in Taiwan. Maybe that's why we don't care about them when there's 40 million people in the Ukraine, which, you know, uh, actually turns out there's 23 million people in Taiwan. So it's a lot bigger than I thought it was. It's a lot of people. Yeah. 23 million. And we're like, eh. We'll turn you over to China. We don't care. Now we could say we support Taiwanese independence, and that could be the spark that ignites World War Three. I don't know, but it certainly seems like we're afraid of China. Afraid of China. Uh, Joe Biden does not represent any kind of image of strength, leadership, authority. I think he's the laughing stock of a lot of political leadership across, especially Putin. Thinks Biden's a joke, clearly. No, uh, dude, he, I, he like he is. Look at him. Listen to him. Watch him. Of course he is. He's a joke. He's a he's a walking dead person, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> I'm at a loss, dude. We are staring down the barrel of World War Three. We have a senile, soon to be octogenarian. I mean, legitimately, nobody in their right mind can deny the fact that, that old man is senile. He's currently in bed with COVID, you know, a second, you know, a rebound. Rebound case of Paxlovid doesn't work COVID, right? He's got crazy transgender you know sycophant leftist goofballs surrounding him on all sides like and you know another octogenarian decided to haul off and go rogue and fly to taiwan just to stoke some frustration it would appear right in the midst of all this like dude 
how many times have you seen or heard the meme if they were trying to destroy this country and let's just extrapolate it out to the world what would they be doing differently if they were trying to start world war three right now what would they be doing differently other than just launching a nuke which would be a little anticlimactic you know (laughs) like they got to spend some money first before they just you know to plunge us into a nuclear winter oh yeah no you have to definitely have to get the uh halliburtons and that's right entities everybody has to get paid and if you just start launching icbms nobody gets paid so that doesn't work yeah right but for real what would they be doing different although they've done pretty well they've made out like bandits on the ukraine deal so yeah for sure (laughs) but i mean they want to be able to hang around and spend it right so like you know so basically, we don't have any answers for that uh, situation. I, I just sorry, Taiwan. It just feels like Taiwan. You're on an island, literally, dude. I mean, <laughs> we, we we talk about the World Economic Foundation, right? And Klaus's desire for a global great reset. He talks about how massive international global scale wars can be part of the great reset. They're all into population control and populist control and mind control and all of this seems to be geared at all of those things i just thought of a new idea for a (laughs) t-shirt okay make 1984 fiction again (laughs) wait you make 1984 fiction again i know you haven't seen that shirt that shirt's Uh -uh. it already exists yeah no, I haven't seen that shirt. That long blonde haired dude that's all over Instagram and social media stuff. Um, JP? Yeah, JP's got one. I never knew that. Yeah. Huh. I thought I came it's out with something. Great shirt. No, smart. I mean, it was clever. I bet it came across your radar and you forgot about it. I don't know. Something thing. about this conversation sparked that. Yeah, I mean, that's what it feels. I mean, it, you know. Times were better when it was fiction, though. They're changing the definition of words every day. Well, that sucks. I'm not going to get rich on that shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that market was already cornered. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, I got a cool grooming video for you. Sweet. Let's check that out. Hey, you know what we should we should do next week (laughs) is like have like one positive piece of news. That sounds like a great idea. I can like tell there you is any. what I need right now more than anything is some positive. Wow, we are just running on nothing here except negativity. Uh, but let me fuel that fire with, with this clip because it's <laughs> great. Uh, this is parenting done right in 2022. Like serial killers like Ted Bush. Your mom said you have to be LGBT. I'm no. not. I think she's what I want to be, but some, but. Fun. Go ahead, Lex. Go ahead. Keep talking. Say what you're saying. Um, my mom doesn't matter if I'm a, if I am gay or a lesbian or any of that. She doesn't care. All she cares about is that I'm a part of it. And if I'm not a part of it, she'll try to convince me to uh, um, get, join it. Because I... What? Are you saying right now? Facts. That I would convince you to join what? The LGBTQIA plus community. This kid is being force-fed this garbage by his parents by his mom specifically and she goes where are you coming with that and he goes facts did you catch that part it was kind of hard to hear Uh, but i I couldn't yeah i couldn't quite make out what he was getting at so this is like a conference call with this these two kids their mom and then they're they're on a zoom call with someone else and 
he's explaining. So these are two kids talking to each other and then another mom. The mom's in the background and it's yeah, okay. Yeah. The kid's talking to um another kid on Zoom. Yeah. Explaining how his mom wants him to be a part of the community. There it is. There it is. Parenting in 2022. Oof, dude. Do you feel uplifted? Uh, I don't think that was your intention, but no, I certainly don't (laughs) for whatever that's worth. I do not feel better. Um, That didn't necessarily make me feel worse because I'm certainly very aware of the grooming that's going on. Man, let me think for a second. What was parents should be tarred and feathered? Uh, Oh, oh, I saw. Oh, God, we're going to have to make an effort to find some positivity in this very, very dark world we now live in. Um, this is a dark episode. But there's a, there's a lawsuit being filed. Um, listen, let's chalk it up to Chisholm having COVID for the last four days and not being anywhere near right in the head right now. I'm going to get on a bike here in a minute, and I'm going to sweat some of this crud out, and I'll, I'll be uh, hopefully better after do you know what else you didn't do, so, which I did, which why like I ran on the second day of having COVID, I ran two miles. You didn't drink enough bourbon. Bourbon kills that shit. I'm done. True drinking. story. Do I? Yeah. I said I'm done drinking. <laughs> For real. What? Like, you haven't had a drink in how long? <laughs> a few weeks, but uh, <laughs> but I'm, I think I'm done. Done. Um, I'm More done, dude, because. Um, I really think we're entering a stage of human existence where men need to be their sharpest. And and uh, I think God put beer and bourbon on this planet to make us happy. So, yeah, I don't want to be miserable. You're on your own there. Next time I see you, I'm going to offer you a drink and maybe we'll have one. Drinking just makes me more anxious and I don't need any more anxiety right now. Hmm. I was doing really good until catching COVID Friday. Like the world was looking up. Went and had some good meetings with with my people. You need a pint, together. a nice pint of bitter. School was about to start. Make you feel better. Got an anniversary coming up next weekend. Wife and I are going to take two days in Wimberley. And then it was like, bam, here's round two of this human engineered virus. And oh, while we're at it, let's start poking China in the eye. <laughs> There's a lawsuit that I think has been filed or is about to be filed by like five churches in Florida churches mm. like three it was like two or three maybe it was six or seven churches whatever there was like two or three Christian churches various denominations um, two synagogues one Buddhist temple and they were all going to be suing the state of Florida about their their abortion restrictions, which I believe begin at twelve weeks, which is like you know when you can get your first three D ultrasound and see mm-hmm. the baby. Mm-hmm. Twelve weeks, three three you know through the first trimester, right? Um, they're gonna sue under the First Amendment's freedom of religion protections for the right to unregulated abortion claiming that their biblical interpretation is 
that life doesn't begin till a breath is drawn. See Genesis, probably what, chapter 3, I think, when God breathes life into Adam. Didn't um, God pretty shortly thereafter say, and the two became one? And then go and, forth and multiply? Right. Yeah, no. But Talk I, about picking and choosing. There, the this, 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 lady's, this lady pastor's take is that um, all of the other Christians who think that life is about conception. There was a red flag wrong. right there for me. Lady pastor. I'm sorry. Call me a chauvinist. Not going to a church where there's a lady pastor. Uh, Ain't my jam. Dude. I said it and I meant it. We left the church. Our, our church, our, our pastor that ran the contemporary service got transferred out. Presbyterian churches, uh, Methodist churches. We're, we go to Methodist church. They do this sometimes. Yeah, Methodists will do that to you for sure. It's for the greater good. I, and I get it. He was drawing a crowd. You know, Jesus drew a crowd too. Time to plant a new church. Time to plant a new church. They got, they got him out of there. They replaced him with a woman. Couldn't do it. Tried it. Mm -mm. I remember as a kid when a lady would be the guest pastor at a Southern Baptist church. I wasn't interested in the sermon. I don't know what it is about me. I'm, I'm just, that's how I'm wired. And yeah, call me old fashioned, call me whatever you want. But anyway, red flag, continue. My parents basically fell away from church when the pastor that they were that they loved and they're still quite good friends with he and his wife uh was moved from the methodist church down in portland and uh replaced by a lady who was um different this isn't <laughs> and this is just our opinion it's it has i'm all for women being in the clergy and and be, having the ability to be pastors it's just not for me personally well, there's a bigger picture kind of and there's there's here, there's man. associate pastors at our church that fill all kinds of minister roles, but I need a man for to be my spiritual, you know, leader. I mean, that's what your pastor is, right? Yeah, well, I mean, the Bible the one that you look to that, for right? guidance. The Bible makes it clear that um, the men of the church are to be the spiritual leaders. The We're fathers, losing listeners as we speak. The tickers is going down, 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 down. Father is supposed to be the. Why are we losing? Why? Oh, these guys are shoving us pigs. You think we got a lot of feminists that listen to this show at this point, dude? <laughs> really? Probably there's not one. I don't think there's a single <laughs> feminist listening to this show. <laughs> You're right. We probably gain probably gaining listeners. I think listeners we might like, want to just guys. go ahead and like. And lean into the chauvinism, and we'll probably start growing pretty rapidly if the <laughs> algorithms don't screw us. Fathers are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of their household. Men are supposed to be spiritual leaders. We're supposed to be prayer leaders, right? That doesn't mean that women don't have a role in the spiritual basis of society. You know, the book of Judges, one of the most important judges slash prophets in the old testament is a lady named deborah um obviously mary is you know especially among catholics is you know basically a demigoddess right i don't know if they would appreciate me saying it that way and i don't mean any disrespect to the faith or certainly not the virgin mary but women have a role too um but one of the things that modern church has done is neutered men just the same as society has neutered men. Right. And amen to that. Yeah. And men need to reassert ourselves 
across the board, in our homes, in our communities, in our churches, in our church leadership, strongly. I think what you said there about using that word communities, um, regardless of religion, like we're void of that. And a lot of it in, in the inner cities, especially. So like, I think that point, uh, yeah, there's a lot of validity there. Well, meanwhile, we have social justice movements trying to further vilify men as leaders in the community, which, I mean, we, we've talked about that on the show before. It's on their website. Yeah, well, and the reason is because who's going to stand up and fight against their crap if all the men have been neutered? You know, speaking of China, you know about, have we talked about how they've been like putting out like anti LGBTQRS propaganda and like pumping out like masculine propaganda? Russia does the same thing, right? Them boys they're, are ready for war. They're mocking Americans right now because of this delusion that we're now suffering with all of this trans stuff while they're pumping you know, images of strength and masculinity into their society. It's a true story. Yeah, uh, uh, dude, there was a, there was a, I think it was, was it Langley Air Force Base in Virginia? I saw an article yesterday that during Pride Month, there was a festival on one of the Saturdays during June at, one of the air force bases in Virginia where, I mean, it was a pride month diversity, equity, and inclusion day where they had a drag queen perform and it was supposed to be bring your kids family friendly at a military base, dude. Mm. Yeah. Like I said earlier, if they were trying to destroy this country, what would they do differently? Name one thing. Spend us into oblivion, uh, undermine the culture, undermine faith, undermine manhood, undermine the family, undermine children, transgender them physically, biologically speaking, at the ages of 10, 11, 12 years old, brainwash them in kindergarten into LGBTQ stuff. Hijack the education system. Sell us out to foreign adversaries. Here's our oil. $100 $100 billion worth of stuff in Here's a our open border cause that they sunk 20 years and a fortune into. Yeah, et cetera. It's all these things. Like, it's frustrating, man. I need to go it's do something physical. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but hold, hold on. Something, maybe this will bring a little humor to this broadcast, which has been pretty void of anything lighthearted. Elon Musk has drawn the ire of uh, Jimmy Wales. Jimmy Wales is the co-founder of Wikipedia because Elon said, well, he criticized, he basically said Wikipedia was an extreme left-wing organization because of their redefining of the term recession, which, uh, well, Jimmy Wales replied and talk about the ultimate just 
redirect, which instead of like, there's nothing he can say because he's right. I mean, Elon's right. And the left doesn't have an answer when they're called out. He just says, reading too much Twitter nonsense is making you stupid, Elon. <laughs> what a third grade reply to being called to the mat about you your left. Y'all are changing definitions that have been in economic textbooks since the 50s. Like, period, end of story, see you later. Like, it's a fact. It's a fact. Oh, I saw a Wikipedia clip from Bill Clinton <laughs> yeah. from the 90s, and it, he he's sitting there next to George W., and he's being asked about it, and he says, well, a recession is where we see two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Black and white. Now, yep. now we're not in a recession. Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be one thing if they were like, it's one element that is considered when evaluating the economy or something like that. Right. But they're like, you know, you've got, you've got people coming out like Paul Krugman, the economist who gets everything wrong for the New York times saying that quote, real economists uh, don't care about that. Don't even care about the term recession. Doesn't even matter. doesn't actually matter. But they're like, you know, you had Janet Yellen, one of the Fed. Is she the chairman? One of the Fed committee members, chair people, whatever, saying basically it's a very technical textbook definition and then saying, but it's not the technical definition. But it is the like definition. They couldn't even, she couldn't even keep up with, like in the course of like 45 seconds of discussing it, she couldn't keep it straight in her own head, the double think that she was trying to maintain. So yeah, the guy from Wikipedia is running a left-wing propaganda organization. I don't feel like I was as uplifted as I had hoped after reading that. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, at least Elon's calling people idiots and calling them out. Because he does have a platform. Um, I'll just say, good job, Elon, instead of telling you what I really think about that guy. <laughs> about Elon? <laughs> Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. He's uh, he has a lot of money that the government gave him. A right. lot. Yeah. All of it. So much. Yeah. And a whole lot of programs that um sure fit right into the World Economic Forum's fourth industrial revolution transhumanist agenda. Like, you know, wiring your brain so that your thoughts can be read. Why did Joe Rogan? which Joe Rogan likes to talk about on every episode about how great it'll be once, once Elon perfects the neural link and we won't ever have to communicate with each other anymore. Our thoughts will just be like broadcast into the universe for everybody to just absorb. That'll clear everything up. Last week, one of his guests was like, well, um, won't that maybe make things worse? Cause like, I know sometimes like my first thought about something is not the right thought. And he's like, no, no, no. It's going to make everything better when all of your thoughts are just available for me to know. That'll be a great thing. Because, you know, our thoughts Mark, are this, so clean. Day, and, it, you know, our, our thoughts are so, are so well thought out, right? The first time we have them. And there's no, like, learning curve as you're thinking through something. Mark, August 4th, 2022. The day that Chisholm turned on Joe Rogan. I actually deleted Spotify this morning. 
deleted Spotify? Yeah. What are you going to yeah. do with your free time? How are you going to listen to podcasts? Um, I am replacing systematically podcasts that swear a lot. Um, Which has that, always been my problem with Joe. Yeah. Or that otherwise pump my head full of um, ungodly things. Uh, I'm replacing all that with godly stuff. So Rogan had to go. Hmm. I got to get control of my mouth. Which I, I respect. I cannot claim any longer to be a uh, devout Christian if I'm not willing to rein in and regulate my mouth. We've done uh, better. I think maybe of in I certainly said an S bomb in the show, but I don't think we've said an F word on here in a long time. No, we've kept it pretty clean here, but you know, anytime <laughs> I'm in any setting where I don't feel pressured to watch my mouth, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. It's a free for all. So, you know me. We've hung out long enough. Uh, I'm no saint either. And the thing was, if you remember, we had this talk years ago, and I kind of reined it in a little bit and was doing pretty good for like months and then started listening to Rogan. And that influence definitely like brought me down. And, you know, I never really have even made an, a concerted effort since to, to rein it back in. Like I was doing good. We were talking about this probably back in like what 2016, 17 time frame. Mm. And then yeah, started to listen to Rogan and it was like, you know, uh, you are what you consume. Which is why when the first time I ever listened to a Rogan episode, I was just like, wow, this guy says the F word a lot just in like casual conversation. Not not just when he hits a bad golf shot. Yeah. Or when he's really mad. Because people are trying to transgender his kids. All right. <laughs> well, we've got exciting stuff in the future because now we won't have any uh any connection to Content? Rogan <laughs> or basically anything else since Chisholm's deleting his entire uh podcast portfolio. <laughs> Oh, I'll, uh, great episode. I'll still stay uh, relatively on top of stuff. This has been a real drag. Sorry, everybody. Mm. Um, you know, but when you're maybe staring down the barrel of World War Three, it's uh, I don't know. I'm somebody who tends to be affected probably too much by the news of the day. So hopefully, we can stave it off. We need a revival, bad like yesterday. So. Like I said, pray. Um, pray that sanity uh, is restored and that Christ is restored. Um, probably also buy some rations and stow those away. <laughs> Do you think... Uh, I saw Trump was playing some golf tournament this past weekend. Apparently he's hosting one of those Saudi Arabian live tournaments. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah. And someone asked him, "Are you going to run in 2024?" And he's like, "You're going to love the. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. That's all I'm going to say. Is you're going to love it." I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see it. I don't want him to do it. You know what I heard yesterday? Give me some DeSantis and let's get it over with. Trump, get out of the way. The worst prediction that I'm so afraid is it's so spot on. 
Like at this point, the only way this doesn't play out is if he croaks in the meantime. Megan Kelly made the point that if he runs, the Republican establishment will do all they can to take him down, which they did last time. Well, in 2016, right? But they couldn't hold it back because they weren't crooked enough like the Democrats, what they did to Bernie. Her point was, no matter what happens, let's say that DeSantis manages to win the nomination, whether that's legit or based on you know unfair treatment of Trump or, or whatever, that Trump will do what he did this past year, which is call it a hoax, call it a scam, call it fraud, and then run as a third party independent. You realize what that would do, right? Oh, it would be a slam dunk win for the Dems. So keep your eyes out for that. And if it does play out like that, then I will be proven vindicated and right that Trump was in on all this all along and just playing us. Yeah. Let's hope we got it's just DeSantis. Two and a half years to sit around and see what happens on that front. Hopefully we're all still here by then. You know what everyone I talk to agrees on, whether they're Republican or Democrat is there needs to be some kind of age, maximum age yeah. for politicians, especially president. Dude, retreading these eighty-year-olds is un—it's just yeah, awful. It's a liability. Yeah, for everyone, for every American. So, you know, and but people like Pelosi, she's got to be approaching eighty. McConnell, I mean, they're never going to do it. I mean, people—I don't know how many people really do realize that, you know. Reagan was fairly well incapacitated like the last like two years or three, even like three years of his last, like his whole last, most of his last term, he was suffering from dementia. Well, he got shot. So maybe that had something to do with it. Either way. I didn't know. I never heard that he wasn't mentally capable. Look it up. Look it up. Hmm. All right. Well, let's end on a high. Uh, <laughs> hi. <laughs> or Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to this very dark, disturbing episode of Justified Pursuit. Uh, we'll be back with a little more sunshine next week. I promise. <laughs> Could be diamonds the way it glitters and shines, and on a good day. from my cup rises in a ribbon like a prayer going up and I can close my eyes and not see your smile and I feel like myself again for a little while and the mountains breathe just like they did before On a good day, I don't miss you